0: Know your role and welcome to another episode of Is It a Classic? The podcast that takes a look at a match in wrestling history and determines definitively if it is in fact a classic. Today we're looking at The Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania X8. My name is Chad and as always I'm joined by some Rudy Pooh candy ass named Daniel. Are you ready? It doesn't matter if you're ready. It's time to go.
1: match in pro wrestling history. This is not a stellar wrestling match. This is a fight. Well, find a ladder, kid. Make yourself famous. Are you kidding me? Bye,
0: bye, If you smell another episode of Is It a Classic, then you have come to the right place. And boy, we know it smells like Poontang Pie. I don't, I, um, welcome to another episode of Is It a Classic. Of course, that is the podcast that looks at classic live musical performances on wrestling shows. We're talking. Your Machine Gun Kelly, we're talking your Motorhead, we're talking Saliva, who kicked off WrestleMania X8, and of course, Jeff Jarrett.
1: Man, this WrestleMania X8 had a ton of live music and a lot of new metal. I think the main theme song was done by a little band called Drowning Pool. I'm sure everybody's heard of them, and they got to do a knockoff version of the game. So Triple H, injured for a year, comes back. It's his triumphant WrestleMania return. You got that Motorhead theme, his favorite band in the world. Nope. We got to kick it to Old Drowning Pool and let them do their Triple H theme. If you decided to watch the match or the couple of matches after our match today, you would get to see what a lame duck, sorry entrance that unfortunately RIP lead singer of Drowning Pool. That they had to lay out for Triple H Jericho. It's just skip it.
0: What's the uh history of calling a genre new metal in you metal, not even new is in like, it's new. I don't know what the in you is it
1: like an element. And so it's actually like metal metal or something. Yeah. To me, that's like a, it's like a sarcastic, you know, when you add like a sarcastic Z onto something, cause you're trying to make fun of somebody. That in you, they were like, this isn't really metal. This sucks. We're going to call it new metal. So you're telling me that people put themselves in the genre
0: of new metal are actively putting themselves in a sarcastic music category.
1: You learn to dance like that sarcastically?
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, Before we get into other stuff, I got to say, man, uh, for the second time in a couple of weeks, we are going to be able to hang out this weekend uh, playing some goal F, uh, and I'm definitely excited about that, but I know this is a wrestling podcast, but I got to mention diamond Connor on Saturday. Uh, are we going to make it happen? Are we going to watch that thing?
1: I am strapping my Apple TV to my golf bag and we're going to watch it by hook or crook. Uh, I'm sweaty palms, nervous for that fight. Um, in a good way, like both guys a lot. Um, you know with a guy with the star power of a Conor McGregor you kind of want that magic to never end and uh i got a bad feeling
0: there's no way he's winning
1: no i don't i don't see any avenue
0: yeah i mean it maybe if he grabs a pro wrestling style steel chair and somehow get like he takes his his stool in the middle of round 1 or at the end of round 1 grabs it and chucks it at Dustin Poirier I guess he still wouldn't win. He'd lose by disqualification, but he wouldn't get knocked out.
1: Maybe he can uh, contact the top heel in the business right now, the cold spray, and we can get a little angle with that going. That's his key. Hell yeah. Cold
0: spray. Cold spray almost did a little turn this week, which we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, which, speaking of, should we just dive into some recent wrestling? Let's
1: dive on in.
0: Dive on in. Fucking dive on in. So we've got... Uh, I'm going to start us off. I know you like to start us off, but uh, as always, you mentioned the heat seeker kicking off AEW with Mr. Cold Spray, turning on his his partners, the Young Bucks, the Bucks versus Penta and Eddie Kingston. We've talked about the Young Bucks so much on this show, and I know you had such a, dis- not disdain for them, but like I think you had stereotyped them or pegged them at something in the past, and now that you've seen match after match after match that's just great and like their character work you gotta admit they are one of the if not the best tag team in wrestling today and probably have been for a while
1: I think they're the top act on television right now I mean as far as wrestling's concerned I got exposed to them in their infancy and in TNA as generation me and I was just like get off my screen and then I would hear all their yeah. stories of, you know, their escapades in Japan. And I'm just like, I, those guys, no, f- and there's no way. Generation me. Yeah. Well, uh, they have turned it around. Yeah.
0: Uh, here's the thing. So there was the Bucks versus Penta in Kingston, which was one of my favorite Penta performances. He wasn't, he wasn't the Penta that I hate. He was
1: the Penta that I love. Oh, bullshit. By then, the end, there's no way you can say that.
0: Okay, yeah, there was some shit at the end, but he was still a much better Penta than he normally is. He didn't he didn't piss me off like he normally does. And you had, which we'll talk about in a second, such an amazing match, I thought, except for the finish between MJF and Sammy, another week with two young stars, you know, Jungle B last week and then MJF and Sammy this week. But really, my weekly classic
1: has to be the facial hair of the elite on AEW. It garnered such a reaction. I mean, how could you not laugh at Shivani? I mean, everybody just be like, whoa, whoa, just as soon as they walked out and not being able to take their eyes off it. What's Shivani say immediately? They look like a couple of porn stars. Yeah, well, and since you don't watch Being the Elite, which I still implore
0: you to watch because it's like 15 minutes each week. On the show this week, they cut backstage with them in the locker room afterwards and they're like, we haven't lost in over a year. How did we lose? What happened here? Uh, something was different. And they're like, it was the fucking mustache. Brandon, you made us get these mustaches. like that. It's almost like they grew them because they knew they were going to lose and wanted that excuse to lose, which is also just hilarious. If they come out next week and they're gone, that's an extra level of hilarious in the storyline. And Kenny Omega comes in afterwards and he's like, Come on, guys. We look great, don't we? We look ripped. We look buff. It's awesome. Like, it, being the elite is great, but like them to add that layer on it, I thought was so hilarious.
1: So much entertaining stuff this week. Their facial hair was so bad, it was good. Kenny Omega's facial hair was so bad, it was bad. Um,
0: I thought Brandon Cutler with the
1: tiny pencil stash and like the little, the little goat was
0: pretty funny. Yeah, Cutler
1: doing the Michael Scott, you know. I'm growing a goatee, and then Dwight grows a goatee. It it was phenomenal. The cold cold spray mania was in full effect. Um, Yeah, two really badass matches. I got to say about MJF and uh, Sammy Guevara, just when you think you've watched wrestling for so long that you have a grasp on maybe how far someone can, you know, how far athleticism can go or how capable some young guys can be in the ring, you see stuff like this. And I mean, it was just, it was crazy. The finish, not so great. A little too much kicking out. I mean, you cannot kick out of a middle rope tombstone. Whoa.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I I do like at least MJF knowing that there was going to be a kick out. He sold his knee as if, you know, landing on his knee was painful. And so he gave Sammy, it was the excuse to give Sammy some time to roll around a little bit so that way the kick out made a little bit more sense but yeah and then what about Sammy jumping from springboard from the top rope over the barricade somersault planche the outside and like the first five minutes of the match that one towards the end that, that was like the pace setter.
1: the angle of him the way that he came at the camera I mean he was coming in hot that was a, that was a ballsy move it was insane
0: Yeah. And kudos to MJF for basing for him and like catching him perfectly on the shoulder. And like both guys seem like, they you know, it was the, you couldn't have done it more flawless.
1: MJF reminded me how good a worker he is. I think because he slows down so much and he's so committed to being a heel that sometimes his stuff can be so basic because he doesn't want to be cheered at all. He's a master of his craft. You forget sometimes that he's actually extremely capable and you got to see it this week. Um I had to laugh and I have to point out at Jungle Boy literally saying no words in his backstage promo. He gave a little shoulder tap to Christian and Christian did, like I mean it's this has to be leading to something or it's just very awkward and I really 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 could have done without Chris Jericho's used car salesman commentary all night long. Uh, please don't put him there again. He he was no good. No good.
0: In the in the pandemic and through a lot of stuff, he was he was pretty good in a shining light. But he got, I think, he became a shtick version of himself. And like the more and more that he's done it, he's become this commentary character, which is what was in full effect on Wednesday. I didn't, didn't bother me as much as it bothered you, probably because I've heard him on commentary a lot more. Like he commentated almost all of the shows during the pandemic because they couldn't get anybody else in, but. Uh it there were times where it was just grading and he like it, it and it's a four man booth. There's never there's rarely a need for a four man booth, and it is, it's like get Taz in for one segment who's very capable, and then he gets out when his team Taz guys are done.
1: Well, um, all ego, Ethan Page, healing out of control. Um, Eddie Kingston looked like a star. Jericho tried to derail that by being like, Well, it was Eddie Kingston, guy he came out of nowhere, and now he's one of the top acts. I and JR, JR of all people, has to be like, uh, Chris, he, he didn't come out of nowhere at all. Uh, here, let me kind of run down some of his career and accomplishments. Everyone knows him except you, apparently. <laughs> uh, Chris, you're normally not a dumbass, but uh, My, tonight you're proving you're
0: a complete dumbass. Fuck <laughs> yeah, and and I, it does, I do want to mention the video package at the end. I know you didn't see all of the pandemic shows, but good night. There was a lot of great shit that happened in Jacksonville over the last 18 months. Yeah, I'm glad you brought uh, that up.
1: That that was a, I mean, you shed a tear watching that one. That was awesome.
0: Yeah, it was great.
1: One of the main things that WCW always seemed to be missing when compared to WWF, WWE, when they were competing was production value video packages and making you feel you know the emotions and, and making this feel you know big time aew not big time big time that's big time uh aew you know certainly not lacking in that department
0: tony Khan not afraid to throw some coin for uh, a popular song
1: no you know sometimes i worry he's gonna end up like uh, jim crockett or something flying everybody around in the jet and running out of money i hope not because uh things are rocking and rolling right now
0: yeah well, we get a uh, we get them officially in front of a live crowd. That's not Jacksonville next week. We get uh, WWE in front of a crowd that's officially not uh, well in front of a crowd. Period. Out of the Thunderdome, beginning with SmackDown next week. But uh, speaking of SmackDown, um, you know, saw the show. It's another it's another SSDD type of show. That's same shit, different day. Um, but at least. Our Lord and Savior Sammy Zayn and Kevin By God Owens put on a hell of a last standing ma- last man standing match. I thought that was uh, a great match, and I mean those two guys could probably, in their sleep, put together a four star match, and they did it. You know, for television time, and I thought that was awesome.
1: Yeah, they definitely competed for the weekly classic. I hate last man standing matches. There was no stalling in this one. They were doing the little stuff in this one. Those two guys just, yeah, like you said, close your eyes, go out there, and greatness is going to be produced. Obviously, our Lord and Savior is involved. Um, Fantastic match. You should definitely go out of your way to watch that. I think Edge uh, showed, hey, in promo land, I still got it. He looked physically good against poor Jimmy Uso, who's now in DUI land, so I don't know uh, what he's going to be doing. Fifth DUI. did not know that. Okay, Yes. So, uh, you know, good job, Jimmy, putting a young up-and-coming talent over on your way out. And um, Baron Corbin, pretty entertaining, huh? I mean, this
0: is the most entertaining Baron Corbin has ever been.
1: Yeah, and his mustache was a plus in this.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And they just trademarked the name Happy Corbin. So, apparently, (laughs) he's going down that route. And just to see him slowly get – I mean, like he's going from – being down in the dumps. I mean, if it's going to be one of those, hey, everything's okay, sort of like life is fine. I got nothing, but I'm happy like whistling that while he works, have a Baron Corbin. I think I can get behind that if they do it the right way. As long as he does not face Shinsuke Nakamura every damn week. It is literally the same show every single freaking week.
1: Surely the rosters are going to beef up, you know, when they get back on the road and they'll be Less of that. But yeah, Baron Corbin, he's actually been around for a long time. So if he gets a couple more wrinkles in a character, I think he'll gain more respect from even the smart fans. And uh, this could be a real turning point for him because uh, I think he's going to do really well with this character for a little while. Show us something different. Hope
0: so. Um, so that's SmackDown. What did you think about Raw?
1: I, I have no thoughts. I tried to watch it. Uh, if I could sum it up in one word, it would be uh, whatever. That's what it says in my notes. Raw, whatever
0: this is john (sighs) whatever yeah i mean uh again we're talking ssdd here of the the same shit different day i will say part of it also means that matt riddle rules and it continues to rule and kofi kingston Like, his promo in the back with Woods and his performance in the match, like, I don't know if they're actually going to pull the trigger on him. I don't expect them to because SummerSlam's around the corner. But, like, he's... He's making a name for himself again, sort of in the ring and in singles competition, if you will. I know it was a tag match, but he's doing great.
1: Yeah, he is back from the dead. And I'm so scared that he is going to win because then he's going to get speared and jackhammered by Goldberg in five seconds for another title reign. So then they can do SummerSlam, Bobby Lashley, Goldberg, you know, the real match you want to see. Thanks, Kofi.
0: Uh, I mean, they'll probably just do Bobby Lashley. Uh, maybe Brock at SummerSlam, but without the title. And Kofi will actually have the title and lose to a returning fiend in 12 seconds.
1: I mean, if he's going to lose in 12 seconds, that would be better.
0: Yeah, better than eight. Um, but yeah, Raw, I mean, I don't need a Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre program. I also, I was listening to our friend Maeve and they, him and Brian were talking about how You know, four weeks ago, Drew McIntyre makes the speech like Braveheart. And then now it seems like every week they're like, you got to tell your Scottish story. And it's just draining. Like it is not what his character
1: needs. And he is plummeting fast. He sure is. And I hate to say it because I think he's awesome. Uh, Maybe uh, they'll have a draft soon and, you know, a new paint of coat on this guy. You know, I, I know he'll be fine, but right now he's not in a good place. Yeah, definitely a new paint of coat on him. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to talk about in uh,
0: recent wrestling?
1: Nope. But I, uh, okay. One more thing. Kenny Omega and Adam. No, page, yes. uh, No, I'm, no, I'm no, sorry. I'm definitely <laughs> flip-flopping. Kenny Omega and uh, Adam Page collision course already being foreshadowed. Like what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that, that 60 seconds in the back with the dark order and hangman page, super wholesome, like fantastic stuff. That's
1: how you make money. It's
0: coming. That's how you make money. And, of course, you know what happens next week, right? They just booked the match. No, no, no. Next week, uh, it's the debut of Andrade El Hidoglio. And let's go to our main event.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening.
0: All right. Uh, We said it in the title. We didn't say it about 17 times as we normally do, but today we are talking about the Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18 or WrestleMania X8, if that tickles your fancy. Uh, we are going to determine definitively if it is a classic for you, and we're going to do that by talking about four different categories. We're going to start with storytelling. So did the match tell a good story? Did it make sense from start to finish? Was there anything that jumped you out of the story? How was the psychology? All that stuff. The second category is atmosphere. How did you feel it? Did you feel it deep on the inside? How was the crowd heat? How were the announcers? Did you were you with it like edge of your seat from start to finish? Then we're going to talk about execution. How were the moves actually executed? Whereas was everything crisp? Were there any botches? Did anything take you out of the match? And finally, significance. Was the match significant in history? Did it do something different? It hadn't that hadn't been done before. Um, Is it something that's talked about and, and has an aura about it for whatever reason? Is there significance attached to the match? And again, we are talking The Rock versus NWO Hollywood Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18. Daniel, why don't you give us a little bit of the background that led to this match?
1: All righty, my friend. This is match number 14 that we're going to review. I'm sure a lot of you remember this match because this is icon versus icon. We got The Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Like we said, this took place at WrestleMania X8, a moniker they dropped the next year. WrestleMania X7, I think, and X8 were the only ones that they went with the X and number deal. Uh, but this took place in the Sky Dome in Toronto, Canada. And this was on March 17th, 2002. So we are approaching. 20 years that this happened. It's it's pretty unbelievable when you think about that. This is one of those matches that I bet a lot of people can remember like it was yesterday. Hulk Hogan, been gone for a long time. He returns here and he's 48 years old, facing a young buck in his prime, a 29-year-old Dwayne Johnson. These guys need no introduction. At this time, they are both five-time WWFE champions. Um, at this point in their career. Hogan had exited the WWF in August of 1993, so he hasn't been here since then. And in that time that he was gone, a young Rocky Maivia debuted in late 1996. Maivia didn't have such a good successful blue chipper babyface run as old Hulk Hogan did, Uh, but he really caught fire in 1997 when he turned heel, and that's when he became that heel character, The Rock. And all the while, Hulk Hogan actually reinvented himself and was actually reinventing the entire wrestling industry with his heel run as Hollywood Hogan, as you'll see him in that representation in this match. He's the leader of the New World Order, and he is running roughshod in WCW. He'd actually amassed eight WCW World Heavyweight titles in this time before he would come back. Uh, WCW famously folded in 2001, was purchased by Vince McMahon. So at that time, Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash and many other big names had active guaranteed contracts left over from WCW that still had some time on them. So it allowed them to sit at home and be paid as long as they weren't, you know, trying to jump ship and work for another promotion. So they bypassed the horrible 2001 invasion angle that the WWE attempted uh, with the remaining people that they could bring in. And believe it or not, during that time, The Rock would actually have two runs as the WCW world champion because it was transitioned onto WWF television via its last champion, Booker T. Those three original members of the NWO would eventually come to the WWF at the No Way Out pay-per-view, which took place one month before this match in February, on February 17th, to be exact. Um, This had long been teased in several vignettes by Mr. McMahon, who was very distraught at this time because Ric Flair had become the co-owner of the WWF, much to his chagrin. Um, He, being Mr. McMahon, recently vanquished both of his children, Stephanie and Shane McMahon, and their alliance of WCW and ECW superstars at Survivor Series in a winner-take-all five-on-five match. But he was blindsided when he learned that Flair apparently purchased Shane and Stephanie's stock, and now they would share ownership roles. His problems got worse when he had to actually fight Ric Flair in a street fight at the Royal Rumble that year, and he lost. Now Vince McMahon is shaken. He's doing irrational things. Week after week, he seems to be just unraveling and losing his mind, and he threatens that he's going to unleash a poison on his own creation. He's going to kill his own creation. So week after week, he keeps losing his mind. Ultimately, in the last one, he spins his chair around, and you see that he's talking to himself, but there is the letters N-W-O spray-painted on the back of his chair. During all this, The Rock has failed to capture the WWF undisputed title, which is a combination of the WCW and WWF World Heavyweight Championships from then-champion Chris Jericho at the Royal Rumble that year. But he did defeat The Undertaker at No Way Out this pay-per-view following a lot of interference from Vince McMahon and Ric Flair. And this pay-per-view was famous because its initials are also NWO and it was going to mark the arrival finally of Hall, Nash and Hogan, I guess, to come in and kill the company. So everybody's sitting on pins and needles. What are they going to do? We stripped it down. We've got the original members here. They come. They're a poison. It's a big deal. And they open the show. They've got their classic black and white logo shirts on. They look like a million bucks. The WWF even does this cool black and white vintage lighting on their ring entrance for a little while. And then they just cut this bizarre promo and they just kind of sarcastically state that they, you know, Hey, we just want to be given a chance to prove that we're the best. We're not here here to kill anything. Doesn't really do much for the crowd. They don't really know how to accept that. doesn't really create a lot of heat. And so later on in the show, they would end up having run-ins with a couple of superstars most notably stone cold steve austin and the rock and some backstage segments these run-ins don't go very well we'll focus on the one with the rock where the rock being done with his match with the undertaker has the nwo approach him and hulk hogan very quickly uh plays the nice guy says he's a big fan and his son nick is an even bigger fan and wants to take a picture with the rock rock's got no problem with it even though it's a little weird and then as soon as he takes the picture with Hogan, Hogan makes a weird snide remark under his breath. Well, that draws the ire of The Rock, and he starts mocking all of the previous characters of the NWO members, gets confrontational with all three of them, and we've got some uh, momentum rolling into the Raw Then the next night. So this is going to be Hogan's big re-debut on Raw. He comes out and uh, starts admonishing the fans, basically telling them that uh, they've turned their back on him, and that's why he's been gone, even though he basically built all the success that the WWF is enjoying right now. He doesn't get to talk long before The Rock comes out, confronts him, and asks him if he wants to headline one more WrestleMania with The Rock. Hogan quickly accepts, so we've got our dream match set for WrestleMania 18. And this announcement is surrounded by an absolute fan frenzy. You can't deny it this time. Certainly myself, this is one of those times where you're staring at the screen. You're on the edge of your seat. This was some big-time stuff. Rock didn't let Hogan leave the, mat, uh, leave the ring after accepting the match unscathed. He held on to a handshake a little long and hit him with a rock bottom. Everything seems to be pretty cool. And then, unfortunately, this is where things start to get a little hokey. So to end the night, the Rock's going to leave the arena. But he gets ambushed by the NWO, kind of like they originally took over and lawn-darted Rey Mysterio into a trailer in a very famous segment way back in the day. Well, these guys get him back in the ring. They all hit their finishers. Everything looks pretty cool. And they start getting a little weird. Hulk Hogan hits Hollywood Hogan hits the rock in the back of the head with a hammer, which a little over the top, but we'll allow it. We'll be fine. Um, and then they spray paint NWO on the rocks fallen body. If it would have ended there, I think it would have been fine, but they couldn't leave well enough alone. The Rock gets stretchered out. And before he can be loaded up and taken away to the hospital in the ambulance, a big black semi stops the ambulance and a limo pulls up. The rest of the guys get out. They chain the door shut. And Hulk Hogan starts to get a little weird. He repeats himself about 20 times. He says, I'm going to lay the smack down on his crippled ass, NWO style, brother.
0: That's what I smell out Plan A, brother. You guys just get back. Get out of the way. Real Hollywood. Lay the smack down on his crippled ass, NWO style for life. What
1: is he- Seriously, about 15 times. And uh, he rams the semi into the ambulance, into the rock three different times. I guess in an attempt to kill him and they run off in a getaway car. So now this puts The Rock out for a couple of weeks and allows the NWO now to focus on Steve Austin, where we would see even more ridiculous over-the-top props like cinder blocks that explode as soon as they touch a knee, tire irons, and then a fucking net gun. Stone Cold shot a net gun on Hall and Nash to get the upper hand, and this is the kind of stuff that we're dealing with. Eventually, The Rock would return a couple of weeks later, all fine and dandy, And uh, it would lead to a pretty famous three-on-two handicap match that would main event Raw. And in this match, Hulk Hogan would successfully pin The Rock, hitting a big boot and a leg drop. The numbers were too much for these top WWE stars to overcome. And Hogan gets the clean win. So he's got a lot of momentum running into this big clash at WrestleMania. Uh, Inexplicably, though, earlier in this WrestleMania show, uh, Austin and Hall have a very uninspired match. And in the middle of the show, Hogan, after trying to kill The Rock, obviously being a bad guy, decides to walk up to Hall and Nash in a backstage segment and tell him, I want to go it alone, brother. Hall and Nash look at him like he's crazy. Uh, Hogan walks off and they're like, "Okay, we're not listening to that. And I guess in only one month's time, seriously, the No Way Out pay-per-view when they did their opening promo was on February 17th. This is on March 17th. Hogan's decided that the NWO may not be for life. And I think he feels the red and yellow creeping back in. and He wants to be a good guy. Very weird, rushed, but here we are. It's still Hogan versus Rock. Let's get it on.
0: Let's get it on. Uh, Thank you for that breakdown. I want to add, yes, the Rush nature of it. And still, heading into this, the NWO has done some despicable things, and Hogan tried to kill the Rock with a hammer to the back of the head and then further kill him by running into the ambulance. So there's no reason you should cheer for this guy. But if you've watched the match or heard the story, you know things may be a little bit different in bizarro land, as they call it sometimes, up in Toronto, Canada.
1: Yep. Attempted murder. Now when we square off, this match is all about respect, brother. Respect.
0: All right, so we are in Toronto, Canada, as you mentioned. We are live, pal. Uh, We have a great video package there, detailing all the dastardly stuff that the NWO did, and the and the Rock trying to set up this huge match. We got King and Jr. on the call, and out first is Hollywood Hulk Hogan. We've got your classic NWO theme, you'll hear it in the background here. As he comes out, he's got the black and white uh, feather boas around his neck. And this is a very long entrance ramp here. And so Hogan occasionally does the arms out walk, then brings it in, then keeps walking, then does the arms out walk. Not sure really what to do to spend his whole time going down the ramp, but he, he makes it down the ramp and the crowd is starting to cheer. And immediately, JR's in there with, you know, lots of fans here love this legendary figure of Hollywood Hulk Hogan, you know, love them or hate them. Here, you know they love the nostalgia. Jr. immediately trying to um, keep the story on track, not knowing which way the fans were going to go, but had to react to what was happening. He does get in the ring. Hogan does the classic shirt rip and gets a huge pop for the shirt rip. Uh, he starts to get uh, Hogan chance and Jr. again. Whether it's nostalgia, uh, whatever you will do, it's it's what the crowd wants to do. Then, if you smell rings across, uh, across throughout the arena here, uh, and The Rock is making his way out. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. The Rock's a little bit different in his pace. He is hustling to The Ring. I don't know if he, he just had to get in the ring to do his pose, but he's not soaking anything in. He's not, you know, the crowd's not really cheering. They're not fully booing. You can't really hear it, but he is heading to the ring as fast as he possibly can. Uh, the music goes down and you hear some Hogan and rock chants go together. And we've got uh, before the bell rings, they both meet each other in the middle of the ring and stare at each other face to face.
1: So, man, I, I thought Hogan's entrance is a little weird. I mean, he's already, like he yeah. doesn't know. He's obviously kind of being a tweener here. He doesn't know how the fans are going to react. They're cheering. He just kind of does that guitar mime a couple of times, and he just seems kind of lost. I think it kind of sucked that he didn't have Voodoo Child. You know, his entrance is just kind of the classic NWO theme, which Scott Hall already came out to earlier. It's just kind of there. Uh, But I will say it was super nice to hear the Fink's intros. He is just money. He sounded so great. And the Rock's pop was really big. So even though they were into Hogan, at this time, they're very into the rock too. Yeah. I mean, uh, big when his music
0: first hit, mixed when he came down on the ramp, and then as they're staring, there's definitely both, you know, chance for both going off. Um, and as they're staring in the middle of the ring, they do the slow look out into the crowd in opposite directions. There's a insane amount of flash bulbs going off here, you know, back before you just had the the phone cameras where you actually had, like, flash on your cameras. Um the crowds go with nuts. JR keeps hyping the match. The bell rings and the crowd pops for the bell ringing. They tie up and struggle in the middle, but Hogan shows that he's stronger and shoves the rock down. Hogan flexes. Crowd goes nuts. Hogan tells the rock to bring it. Crowd goes nuts. Hogan gets a, high, a side headlock. Rock sort of punches out, pushes Hogan to the ropes. Hogan hits a shoulder tackle this time. And now we get Rocky sucks chance. So the rock who's been taken down by, by Hogan and the NWO, is getting booed, and the crowd is not behind him right now. Uh, JR, you know, certainly a mixed reaction here, even though the crowd's solidly chanting for Hogan as JR is saying that. They lock up again, and Hogan takes control. And uh, for some reason, Hogan, speaking of saying weird things, decides that he's going to look at The Rock and say, you ain't nothing but a meatball. You ain't nothing but a meatball. It is really weird. Insert drop right here. It
1: one time, you the nothing
0: is crazy. <laughs> that was one of the weirdest taunts I've ever heard. Um, but that's what he tells Rock. He's nothing but a meatball. And all of Hogan's offense is getting pops. Um at one point, Rock ducks and hits a flying clothesline. Huge booze for the Rock. Rock taunts Hogan as well to send, to give him some of his med- own medicine. Excuse me.
1: It did not take that crowd long. As soon as Hogan started doing anything, that's when it started being like, cheers for the Rock, cheers for Hogan. Nope. They're just like, oh, my God, Hulk is wrestling, and he's not an old man. He can do something here, and they just go all Hogan. Shit is so funny. Like, this is such a weird atmosphere in a good way. The entertainment is, I mean, it's just amazing in the crowd. You have that huge vintage banner of Hulk Hogan's face from the eighties, which just makes the backdrop. There are so many ridiculous signs out there. Quote unquote, I like rocks bottom. Hey, Hogan, 1983 called what? I wonder what it said. You know, very weird. I got to say though, that whole exchange you just laid out, don't you feel like they let Hogan just take over for way too long? I mean, this is the rock in his prime. I thought it was cool that Hogan in the first lockup shows him like, you know, Hey, I'm here and I'm strong. And then Hogan just kicks his ass for so long. And all the rock gets to some measly leaping, you know, kind of weak looking forearm. It just didn't work for me.
0: I think based off of where they were going with the match. Like I can see why they gave Hogan as much as they did in the beginning. Um, all right. So they're rocks taunting Hogan. Uh, they push each other a little bit. Then rock hits his punch combo and he goes for the big spin on his hand slap. And Hogan is supposed to go over the top rope, but can't make it over and just sort of jumps in place, lands on the ground on the mat and rolls to the outside. Rock follows him on the outside, clubs him, throws him in the crowd is booing like crazy. Rock takes control. Um, And Rock hooks for the rock bottom, but Hogan blocks it. The crowd cheers. Hogan throws Rock to the ropes, shows him his elbow, which I thought was funny, like just says, this is where you're going. And the Rock runs at him and right into the elbow. Hogan lands in a couple of elbow drops. Then he goes and he does the Eddie Guerrero step on Rock's face to huge cheers, followed by loud Hogan chants for the dastardly stomp to the face. Uh, R- Hogan throws rock into a corner and he's going after the rock. He expects the rock to walk back out, like hit the corner and come back out. And Hogan's going to hit him with a big boot, but the rock doesn't come out of the corner. So Hogan sort of lifts his leg a little bit and then puts it down and falls forward and just starts punching the rock as trying to improv. And so it looks like it was a little bit of a miscommunication there, which was a little weird. Then Hogan sends rock to the ropes And the Rock hits this – as Hogan comes off the ropes, Rock hits like this double leg takeover, but he like holds Hogan's legs, doesn't pick him up for a a spine buster or anything, just sort of tackles him down softly and then goes for punches. Like was it supposed to be a Luthas press? Was it supposed to be a spine buster? He just like – Hogan ran into him. Rock hugged him. They went down and Rock started punching him.
1: I mean this is – a good solid minute of miscommunications and just things not going well. Normally that's plenty enough to sort of take the air out of a crowd, get them to just kind of groan and be like, Oh no, you know, because this is obvious. They don't give a shit. The next thing Hogan does is like a back suplex and they shit themselves. They're just, they're just here for whatever he does. (laughs) Rock swings, misses. Hogan is a black
0: back suplex and the crowd just goes nuts. And Hogan gets his first two count and the crowd like boos a little bit. And then again, again, more oddness. Hogan goes for the abdominal stretch. He's by the ropes. I think he's going to do the reach behind and grab the ropes. He doesn't do that. He clubs the rock in the stomach, in his stomach, while the rock's in the abdominal stretch, which I thought was pretty smart. Great move by Hogan. You know, guys in the stretch make his stomach hurt more. And then Hogan with the rock having no semblance of getting out of it, decides to break the abdominal stretch and grabs rock, uh, goes underneath grabs rock and rolls him up. I think this may have been the first and only roll up in Hogan's career. And he does it out of the abdominal stretch that the rock is not like struggling to get out of Uh, weird gets a two count. And then rock stumbles to the corner and we get the back rake, brother. And we don't get just one back rake. No, we get back rake pop. We get a second back rake, bigger pop. And we get the all-impressive third back rake, brother. Yappa pie back rake. And the crowd goes crazy for the third for the third back rake. It is they are into Hogan and his like old school offense.
1: I loved that Hogan after the first one, he kind of recognizes that like Jesus Christ, like they really like that back rake. By the time he does the third one, he's grinning ear to ear and he can't help himself. So he gives them what they want. Yeah.
0: And and so he goes to take control of the corner and like Hogan chants are going off and almost like he remembers like he's being a face. He goes up and he starts to do the 10 punches on Rock in the corner. The crowd's starting to chant for the count for the punches, and he goes, Oh shit. And instead just bends over and bites the rock on the forehead because he's supposed to be the heel here. And the crowd goes nuts for that.
1: Yeah, which they love even more.
0: Yeah. And so Hogan gets down, Rock reverses, sort of grabs him, reverses him, gets him in the corner. Uh, the Rock starts hitting, uh, hitting some chops and hitting corner uh, hitting Hogan in the corner. And Rock recognizing what's going on in the crowd. Puts his ear out, like fakes Hogan's taunt, says fuck you to the crowd and a few other things, and is in full heel mode and hits another punch uh, to Hogan. Uh, Then Hogan throws Rock into the corner, gets a reversal, throws Rock into the corner, runs at the Rock. Rock hits an elbow. Hogan stumbles towards the middle. Rock runs at Hogan, and Hogan hits this weird, like, jumping choke slam where the Rock collides with Hogan's hand around his throat. Hogan lifts him up as if it's like a spinebuster style choke slam. And uh, Hogan falls to his knees and then just immediately starts blatantly choking the rock while the rock is on the ground. He undoes his wrist tape and starts choking the rock with that uh, all in front of the ref, all with the crowd going nuts. Uh, so the rock is up. He hits some punches, but then he ultimately gets thrown over the top ropes to the floor. Hogan slams the Rock's head into the ring steps, drops the Rock on the barricade, and starts to take the announce table apart. Rock counters, weakly slams Hogan's head into the table to some booze, and he goes to get a chair. While the ref sees it, grabs the chair from from now fully heel Rock, understanding what's going on, uh, planned or not. I still can't tell, by the way. Whether or not they knew going into this match that this was going to be the reaction or if they are such great pros that mid-match they made the call to 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 do this. Because they still could have done the post-match no matter what happened in the match. But the fact that they like turn like this in the middle of the match, Rock recognized he was the heel, was just fantastic. So uh, Rock goes in with the chair, ref pulls it. That distraction uh, gets allows Hogan some time to hit a clothesline on the outside. Uh, they get back in the ring. Rock runs at Hogan. Hogan throws Rock into the ref, and the ref is down. Uh, JR specifically says,
1: the zebra is down. That's probably one of the most realistic ref bumps I've ever seen. I mean, Rock collides with Kyoto pretty hardcore, so you know that now Kyoto is going to be dead for a good 20 minutes.
0: Yes, 100%. Um, so once the ref goes down, Rock hits a spine buster, and the crowd boos. All three are down. Hogan, who just took the spine buster, is up pretty quickly and up first. But the Rock gets a double leg takedown and puts on the sharpshooter. Hogan doesn't give up. Hogan makes it to the ropes, but the Rock won't break it because he's a heel now. Uh, He pulls Hogan back out. Hogan starts tapping. Rock sees the ref is down. He goes to get the ref up. And in pure heel mode, just sort of stomps him a couple of times, lifts him up, and Kyoto plays like, Uh, dead weight, which was kind of great. We get some loud Rocky sucks chants. And when he goes back to Hogan, Hogan hits him with the quickest low blow I've ever seen in my life. It is like, just like that. It is not a do the low blow and hold it. It is that quick. That's how quick it probably is. I apologize to everyone's ears. Um, Then he gets up and Hogan hits a rock bottom, and the crowd goes absolutely shit. Kyoto's crawling over. Hogan covers. One, two, shoulder up. Rock gets his shoulder up. Well, Hogan's got an idea now. He takes off his weight belt. He takes off the strap, spins it above his head like he's a stripper, and he starts whipping the rock. The crowd chanting yay with every whip every time that belt connects with the rock. Hogan then wraps his hand. He's going to punch Rock in the face with it. He throws Rock into the ropes, which, by the way, was like the 30th time that the Rock came off the ropes in the match. Rock ducks, hit, hits a DDT, and goes for the belt himself. He hits Hogan with the belt a couple of times, and the crowd is hitting the Rock. JR, still trying to tell the story, goes, The Rock is only retaliating. Hogan used it first. If you don't like that, it's your fault, fans. Like berating the fans for booing the rock for using it. How dare you? Rock then hits a rock bottom. One, two. Hogan kick out up on his knees. And Hogan is shaking. He is hulking up, brother. He is hulking up, brother.
1: This and this is when the match gets all-time fun. But I, w- I want you to I want you to able to immerse yourself into Hulk Hogan up here in just a second. But before we do that, can we please like Mike Kyoto drives me insane. I don't know if he gets booked super poorly and this is just what we have to deal with, or he just sucks in moments like this because, okay, Hogan gets put in a sharpshooter and he taps and all the while Kyoto is out. He got ref bumped. Okay. All right. Uh, Hogan does all this stuff, and as soon as he hits the rock with a rock bottom, as soon as the rock's back hits the mat, Kyoto's like, oh, shit, I got to get up. Goes for a count. Obviously, it doesn't work. Then Kyoto's like, okay, well, I'm still hurt. So he lays back down and rolls over so he can't see anything. So here comes all the belt lashing, all that kind of cheating and stuff, and, and Kyoto's just dead. But then when the rock hits, now the rock hits a DDT in there, so they both slam the mat. Kyoto oh, I'm dead. But then the rock hits another rock hits his own rock bottom. And as soon as Hogan hits the mat from the rock bottom, Kyoto's like, oh fuck, I better get up. Like only rock bottoms make him get up. Otherwise, he's like I'm gonna lay back down, and recover, and look away. It's so hokey. I just I don't know who to blame here. Cause I feel like Kyoto always does this kind of shit, but it just makes no sense. But what does make sense is Hulk deciding to Hulk up here. I'll let you take this back over because it's phenomenal.
0: And you know, we we saw the quick shot of the crowd that the sign that said Kyoto loves the rock's bottom. <laughs> and so rock hits it. Kyoto is up immediately. One, two, and he's hulking up, brother. Hulk is hulking up, brother. And he gets up, he's shaking his his Few strands of hair that he has are going wild. The Rock's eyes are wide open looking at Hogan. And Rock decides, what does everybody else do in this moment? I'm going to do the same thing. And he throws a punch, but Hogan doesn't take it. He throws another punch. Hogan doesn't sell it. He throws another punch and Hogan points at him with the big U and wags his finger, Dikembe style to him. Hogan grabs the Rock's head, hits some punches of his own throws the rock into the ropes, big boot. He goes off the ropes, leg drop. JR is screaming, he beat Andre with this move. He beat Andre with this move. One, two, kick out. The rock kicks out and the fans pop and they are up. Everyone is on their feet. Hogan throws the rock to the ropes, hits another big boot. This time he goes off the ropes, it's time to end it. Jumps in the air, goes for the leg drop, but the rock moves. The rock gets up, pulls him up quickly, hits a rock bottom, and the crowd boos again like crazy. The rock doesn't want to end it here. He grabs Hogan by his couple of strands of hair, gets Hogan lifted up, wraps him around again. Boom! Another rock bottom. And Full Heel Rock now kips up to let the crowd know that it's time to put this old man down. He stands over Hogan. Hogan kicks him in the shoulder, runs off the rope, and delivers the people's elbow with some few cheers behind it. And he hits it. One, two, three. The Rock has won the Battle of the Icons.
1: So, man, I mean, when The Rock hit that second rock bottom, he hits two. He's already hit one earlier in the match. When he hits that second one, you see Hogan really turtle up and start I mean, he yells out in pain and he says a couple things. I don't know if he's calling for the second one or he's saying like that one fucked me up because Hogan. I mean, he's a great he's so great at selling. This could just be 100 percent work. But Hogan, you know, definitely gets up for that third one for him like a man. But that one looked like it hurt him real bad, too. So I don't know if that's just the fan and me buying into Hogan's wonderful selling. But those rock bottoms really fucking sent him plummeting to the mat. Looked like he was in a lot of pain.
0: So The match was about 16, 17 minutes, and then I have to mention the 10-minute post-match after this, which went on forever. Just to summarize, The Rock goes to celebrate for a while, for a little while. Hogan's still in the ring. Hogan gets up. They're staring each other down. Hogan looks like a broken old man, has a despondent look on his face, but he extends his hand. The Rock looks to the crowd and looks at Hogan and shakes his hand as a sign of respect and the crowd pops a little bit then the rock celebrates again for a couple of minutes and finally the nwo is out scott hall's asking him why would you shake this guy's hand they start beating down hogan they start double teaming him the rock then runs back in the ring to even the score uh, and they dispose of hall and nash well it's time to end and move on to the next segment no Now Hogan tries to leave the ring and the rock won't let him and invites him back in for Hogan to do his, uh, his original Hulk Hogan red and yellow poses, which Hogan does to the crowd's delight and Hogan and the rock leave together.
1: I don't care that you tried to kill me. You now have my respect. A lot of weird stuff there. The crowd didn't hate the nice clean finish, even though the rock went over, you had to worry that they might just be pissed. And riot because they were so into Hogan, but they popped really loud for Rock getting that win. And then they didn't, I, I don't remember them booing after that. You know, they were, maybe it was an expected result. They were happy about it. They were happy with the match. Gotta love that Hall and Nash come out and, Hall's so good at playing to the people on the upper deck like his like mocking Hogan's you know like saying you shook his hand and then hitting him with the toothpick immediately and then Nash with literally no hesitation just punches Hogan in the face like they're they're just here to fuck shit up there's no like let's argue for a minute and then maybe you know this is a big decision then maybe we're gonna turn on our leader no they just hit the ring and it's just like like. AEW Dynamite highlights or no yeah Rhodes versus Rhodes highlights punch right there I mean just to the back of the head it, it
0: was it was when Hogan in the back said I'm gonna go it alone Hall and Nash said you don't give me the night off you give me nothing but respect
1: so you had Hall earlier in the night just clown bumping around for Stone Cold Steve Austin losing clean they come out here and just get Absolutely demolished by Rocken Hogan. Nash is doing the windmill of his hand, sell of punches. I mean, they just look like total geeks. There was literally nowhere to go but down for the NWO after this. Correct.
0: Well, that is the Matcharoo, uh, as it's technically known. That's the full name of Match. I don't know if you knew that. They're actually called Matcharoos, but we just call them a match for, for the short shorten it. Um, So it's time to talk about if it is, in fact, a classic. We start with storytelling. Uh, I will start this off. Uh, I am actually, believe it or not, a little on the fence with storytelling. And let me tell you why. I'm pretty sure I'm a thumbs up. But the only thing that makes me hesitate is because, uh, because the story that they tried to tell I mean, I guess I should give them a thumbs up for storytelling because of the story that they wanted to tell ended up turning into a different story. And they leaned into it. So that's, that to me is a thumbs up. But like, if you look at... I was just thinking like, if you look at this in a vacuum and you look at it from like, start of the video package to the end of the match, you're like, what the hell just happened here? Um, because of what they tried to do. But I mean, overall... I know I'm fumbling here on my explanation, but uh, they, they told a great story for what they ended up getting to towards the second half enough to where, I mean, the crowd was into it the whole time and going nuts and you can't deny that. And atmosphere is a different category. Um, so I'm thumbs in the middle leading up. Maybe I'm just being too critical. I was just all the wackiness and weirdness, I think sort of uh, took me out uh, just a little bit.
1: Too critical. I give it a big fat no. What story did they tell there? They They basically went out there and had a greatest hits match where Hogan didn't know if he was a heel or face the entire fucking time. There was a spot in the match where Hogan walks up and shoves the rock. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause I'm a heel. And then the rock comes back and shoves him back. And Hogan looks at him, grabs his chest. And is just like, Oh my God, brother, why would you do that? And he has this sympathetic look on his face. It, it just, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Look, They, I mean, yes, the post-match, there was some story there, okay? Like, the respect between the legends. At the beginning, it was cool that, like, you know, hey, you wonder what Hulk Hogan has, and we show you, like, oh, shit, he's got a lot in the tank, a la Mark Henry. But really, like, Hogan was just doing whatever moves he could fucking think of in the match, and they had a lot of mistiming. I mean, they were just getting through it, and then they did the greatest hits at the end. Obviously, the crowd wanted to see it, But if we're, I mean, think about all the matches we've covered here and the small stuff that they do and how they really paid attention to detail. There was none of that going on in this at all. It was super fun. Let's get to atmosphere and talk about positive things. But for me, this is an absolute no. There was no storytelling here almost at all.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess where I was trying to give it credit was that, I mean, they ended up with. They ended up getting to the. They ended up finishing a different book than the book they started. I guess, and I w- want to give them kudos for be able to, being able to make the adjustments and changes. But I guess you are right when you put it like that. And so, uh, I agree. So atmosphere.
1: <laughs> this this atmosphere is ungodly. It's probably some of the most fun you can have watching a wrestling match. Because of the atmosphere, even Jerry Lawler, yeah, even Jerry Lawler is giddy. Like he's just like verbatim saying all of the Rock's catchphrases. Like he's like, "Hey Hogan, you never checked into SmackDown hotel before, and by the way, it's on the corner of Jabroni Drive and No Road Boulevard." Like it, <sighs> Jr. is just losing his mind. Uh, it, the fans are going nuts. We talked about a lot of the signs. They're going I mean, they're going nuts for anything. I mean, Hogan could have stopped and picked his nose and they would have just lost it. And, yeah. You just don't get to see that. That is not normal. This, you know, unfortunately, Triple H and Chris Jericho, two very capable and storied workers in a what should have been a wonderful match, had to follow this. But uh, you know, this atmosphere is the best atmosphere you're probably ever going to get it doesn't get any better than this
0: yeah i mean there's not much more to say the atmosphere was the match like this is the what people remember about this match and we'll get to significance not to jump ahead is the atmosphere more than anything you know the feeling the nostalgia all of that that happened during the match like it 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 covered up for a lot of what was in the rest of the match. You know what I mean? It's, this is a match. We'll talk about it, but like, this is a match that almost you only can watch the first time you watch it. And that's, and that's it because the atmosphere is so great and it, and it takes away from like other things that you would be seeing. Cause you're just enjoying what the crowd's doing so much. Uh, all right. So big thumbs up, a fat thumbs up from both of us there. Uh, a swollen thumbs up. I don't know what that means. Uh, next is atmosphere. I mean, not atmosphere. <laughs> next is execution. That was poor execution on my part. Uh, execution. I mean, the, no. It's execution is a thumbs down. I mean, we're talking. If we're talking classic level execution. The we mentioned so many weird things that happened. We mentioned something as small as the rock going off the ropes thirty times to the weird the weird abdominal stretch roll up by Hogan, the weird sort of non-Luthez takedown, the weird choke slam, the, you know, Hogan not making it over the top ropes. Like it it was just, there was so many things that just sort of made you things that make you go. "Mm -hmm." Things that make you go. "Mm -hmm." That's an old song. Um, but that was, that's what I thought. I mean, that's a, that's a swollen thumbs down.
1: Yeah. Another big fat no for execution. There was a lot of, uh, Quote unquote business exposing stuff going on there. The camera, you know, if Hogan's head's getting slammed on the announce table, the camera got the fuck out of there because they know like yeah. this is about to be bad. It's, it works. That's a lot of Hogan's matches. This is so fun. But again, 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 you're uh, comparing this to all time great matches with supreme execution and craftsmanship, you know, technical genius. This is not. Um, I love this match. I like watching this match every day of the week. If I had to, that would not be torture for me. It's that fun. The execution's bad.
0: All right. Well, then let's go to, uh, let's go to significance then. What do you think about significance?
1: This is a literal dream matchup. That phrase gets thrown around a lot, but this is probably down to the definition of a dream matchup. This is, one of the most significant matches ever because you have two generations and squaring off. It's tons of fun. We all remember it. You can't get it out of your head. You know, the finish, you know, who won you think of it fondly. They could have gone out there. If the crowd didn't care, who knows what would have happened, but it was magic when they were out there and nobody can get this match, you know, out of their Rolodex. So to me, I don't see how you could say it's not significant because it stands out that much.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are there are matches that, for whatever reason, are ones that you can always recall something about or how you felt. I mean, when you've got an atmosphere level like this one, that means you're emotionally attached to it. And if you're emotionally attached to it, you're going to remember it forever, no matter what it is. And so uh, I think that has a big key hold on it when it comes to significance, like you said, because you, you can remember it. You can remember how you felt. You remember the crowd. You remember the sort of double turn. You know, you remember what it kicked off for Hogan for his last sort of run and in, in the dub. Um, you know, all, all those things there. So uh, I, you're absolutely right, or, or at least I completely agree with you that it's for sure a thumbs up in significance. So you want to give some a quick overall thoughts
1: yeah i mean we've said it this match is tons of fun it is you know involved in a really unfortunate booking of people's you know absolute probably most people's favorite stable one of their favorite angles of all time the nwo finally coming to the wwf not getting lost in the shuffle of the invasion and there's too many guys that you have to pack in who's And it still didn't work. This thing was snake bitten from the get go. When you go back and review um, everything that led up to this match, you know, it just makes you shake your head. You wished for better. Luckily for us, this match is an absolute diamond in the rough and just, you know, an all time must watch moment in wrestling history. Um, And I'm thankful for it. But uh, man, what might have been.
0: Yeah, this is a very this is very much an anomaly. Uh, of a match in the sense of there's you've got such big auras in it. Two of the biggest stars in the wrestling business between, you know, the rock and Hogan and the star power came across with the crowd and everything, but you don't have, you know, you don't have everything else around it. You know what I mean? You've got the atmosphere is the match. The star, the star power is the match um And you don't have the execution to necessarily back up what would be a dream match. Like this would be, you know, to, to your, your Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, which we'll probably at some point get to, you know, that was two guys that had star power, not as big of star power, but they had enough star power, but man, did they back it up with what they did in the ring? Um And uh, yeah, I need to go back and listen to the crowd, but they definitely backed it up. Um, But then you've got like, hogan andre he was another hogan match which was a big aura match and very significant but i mean you look at the work in that match and we probably pick it apart somewhat similar to this one um so it, it's it's definitely one of the more fun matches that you can have um but i don't know that i'd actually show anybody that match without any wrestling knowledge because then they'd probably be like what the hell is going on here
1: yep. so this was a match for um, the fans
0: for the fans but it is a match, and we are here to definitively say if it is in fact a classic. So, to you, I ask Daniel, The Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18, is it a classic?
1: I can quickly say no. I just want to tell you how gonna make you understand i'm never gonna give you up
0: let you down run around or desert you i'm never gonna make you cry say goodbye tell a lie or hurt you
1: two out of four categories thumbs down this is probably this may be the most significant Wonderful moment in wrestling history, but it's not a classic match uh, the way that we review it whatsoever. No.
0: I agree. Has some classic moments, has some great feels, but from from bell to bell, start to finish, not a classic match. Well, that is the deal for this week. Um, Before we get into next week's match, I think you got a little announcement you want to make.
1: Yeah, we've been really thankful for um, the ratings and the uh, feedback that we've gotten from our fan base so far. We could use your help, though. Um, If you haven't given us a rating and you enjoy the podcast, please go out and give us a five star rating and uh, give us a little review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us a lot. Um, And what I want to do to show some appreciation, if you've already done so or if you haven't and you do so, uh, take a picture a screen cap with your phone of your five-star rating with your username on it and send us an email at, is it a classic? What is it? iac pod? What is, what is our email? <laughs> is it a classic at gmail.com?
0: I know. I know. I say it every week. Is it a classic pod at gmail.com?
1: Yeah. Shoot us an email there with just a screen cap of you giving us uh, your rating and we will randomly draw someone for next week. And we will give you a wrestling t-shirt from pro wrestling tees, of your choice. So um, we'd like some more ratings. We'd like some more feedback. Give us a rating. Shoot us the email. And it's that simple. We'll announce the winner next week.
0: Awesome. Uh, you know, I think it's a, uh, we, we really need to want to get that interaction in. You know, the more that we can hear from you, the more that we can get more people going, the The more that we can produce and start doing with it. And the, the better that our podcast will ultimately be. Uh, and the more, like-minded people will have, so I know. Uh, I know for those of you that aren't in the locker rooms of AEW and WWE, you know, you may be thinking all those wrestlers have a leg up on doing it, but you know, they they don't like to really promote. They can't really promote, so that's why we need you to help promote the show for us. Um, so we do have a show coming up next week, and we need to have a match for it. And this is one that have been that's been on my list for a while that I wanted to review um, because. I remember it fondly, but I almost think it's got, it may have the same sort of issues we ran into this week where it wasn't as good as I actually remembered it. And so I'm curious to discover that and find out. And that is at WWE Money in the Bank 2011. His name is John Cena versus CM Punk in Chicago. I want to give that a rundown and see is it the classic that we remember or is it just the feels that got it there
1: that's some juicy stuff Quick thoughts juicy stuff i remember that juice. match being real real good um but there was a big moment surrounding it it could be a lot like this one where when you watched it for the first time wrestling history was unfolding and you got caught up in the moment but when you put it under the microscope what happens let's see
0: and the juices back in st louis so uh i appreciate everyone listening to the show as daniel mentioned is it a classic pod at gmail.com give us that five star rating send us a picture of it and you have a chance to win a shirt of your choice from pro wrestling tees that cam uh follow us on instagram at classic underscore pod um tell your mom tell your dad tell your grandmammy tell your friends uh find the tell them to search is it a classic? On wherever they get their podcasts, and find the picture of the luchador punching the title of our podcast, uh, and tell them to subscribe. But until next week, we'll see you next week. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you then. Bye bye. If you smash.